One of my aha moments has always been reality is expensive. Reality is expensive. And I, I got that picture the other day. I was flying back from, from Florida, and I was in the seat that was right in back of first class. Now, if you're like way in the back and you don't have to see first class, it's much better because you don't have to see how they're getting you know, massages, how they're getting hot towels, how they're getting anything they want to eat. They come by with a basket and they say, you can have anything you want. You can have two or three choices and, and they're being pampered. And then I'm in the seat right behind. There's a little curtain. See, there's the little curtain. And I have to look at that little curtain and watch everything that's going on in front of me. And all I get is one of these oats and honey bars that I actually got for free. Uh, in, inside of the terminal, they had a little basket. I said, are those free? And they said, yeah, and I took one. But it wasn't the real oats and honey bar that has two pieces in it. You just get one piece, that's all. <laughs> just get one piece is in there. It lasts you about three minutes, and that's your whole experience. So, so you see how reality is expensive, because to get it to first class, you have to pay more money. And then one of my reality is expensive moments, one of my aha moments was, and I don't know how I came to this realization, but you know, I didn't know that, that babies were, were like so expensive. And when we had Ashley and we were like buying diapers by the truckload and buying formula so she could grow up. And, and, and I, was a, um, I was working in the inner city in Patterson, New Jersey, with kids on the street, and I wasn't making a lot of money, and I thought, man, man, reality is expensive. When, when she gets out of diapers and she doesn't have to drink formula, I can just give her a Sprite. Like, it's gonna be like cheaper to, to do this thing. You know, and so then that never happened. You know, the, the other day I'm up in Williamsburg and I'm putting up a shelf in my granddaughter's bedroom, and you know, like here I am with a drill. I am dangerous with a drill. I don't really know how that works. Travis goes, no, Dad, no, don't come up here with a drill. And she wants a shelf installed in her room where her bed is like six inches from the ceiling. But we worked together, and we finally got it, and we got the shelf installed, and I had to go to the hardware store and buy some stuff to make this all happen because reality is expensive, and it just keeps on going. So I love to do weddings. I love weddings, and I love to always see what happens very uniquely at weddings, because something always happens that's very unique. So yesterday at 6, I got to do a wedding on the beach. It was a little chilly. Here's this beautiful couple. We're doing the wedding on the beach, and the wedding had, had, had finished, and I, I went back to my car because I wanted to get that shot, great shot. Uh, but be, right before the wedding, the groom says to me, I forgot the ring. And I, could, I was like, oh, no, you forgot the ring. This happened to me before where I had to loan my ring to the groom, and then I didn't see it for about a month. You know? and, and so Gail started to ask questions. But, um, so this guy says, I forgot the ring. He goes, but, but I, good for me, I had a backup in the car. I'm thinking, who has a backup <laughs> wedding ring in the car? And he goes, yeah, you can get them four for $3 at Walmart. <laughs> this is a true story, because you get them four for $3 at Walmart. 
So today's service is being brought to you by Walmart, where 24 hours a day you can get backup wedding rings and just have them in your car. I think everybody should do this because you just never know. You're going to be a guest at a wedding and somebody's going to go, I forgot the wing. And you go, oh, oh, I got, I got some in my car. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be right back. Now, now of course, they're, they're, they're silicone, they're rubber, you know, and, and they're, they're kind of flimsy, but they work. But it works. And how do you like this? This woman chooses a man to marry who's going to always have a backup plan. I think that's wonderful. This guy's going to, oh, she's never going to have to worry because he's always going to have something in the car to take care of the next challenge of life because reality is expensive. And you have these aha moments. These aha moments are where everything kind of shifts in your life. So I want to talk to you about three aha moments that David had in his life where things shifted really dramatically and he became a different person. Aha moment number one, 1 Samuel 17, 32 to 37. And you know this story and the story is, is, is David and Goliath and, and David has to go out to bring food to his brothers. His father sends him out there and he hears all the uproar about what's going on. And so he wants to figure out, you know, what is the problem here? So he decides he's going to throw his hat into the ring, so to speak, throw his hat into the ring, and he's going to take on Goliath. He's going to take on the giant. So here we'll pick it up in verse 32. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Now you know the picture here. Like nobody wants to do this. He is intimidating. He is, is loud. He is, is, is an angry man, and he just wants to hurt people. And, and nobody wants to touch this, this, this opportunity. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Reality check, David. How are you going to pull this off? Come on, you're only a kid. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion, and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Aha! Moment number one for David was... I've seen this picture before. I've been in this situation before. And I know, aha, that God shows up and God helps me and God gives me strength and God doesn't put me in situations that, that I'm not equipped for. And I've had the experience. I've been face to face with danger. I've been face to face with imminent destruction and I've come out on top. So what makes this situation now any different from those situations? And you can imagine the men are going, oh, son, 
kid, this is like way different. You're just like a kid. You're, you're making a, you know, a big leap here, a big leap of faith. But that's exactly what he's making is a giant leap of faith. No pun intended. A giant leap of faith because, aha, he knows if God works like this here, then God works like this here too. We've had to do that a lot here. We've had, a lot, had to have a lot of these aha moments here at Spring Branch. You know, back in the beginning when we started the church, we had absolutely zero, nothing, zip, nothing. And we were trying to figure it out every single day, every single week, every single month. And we, we just saw God provide and provide and provide and provide. And he provided in ways that we couldn't even expect or sometimes even understand. And then one day when this property came available and, and he moved in somebody's heart and we had this property given to us, it was just amazing how this all happened. And a lot of you know that story. A lot of you were here. And I remember at the at Corporate Landing Middle School when I, I got to make the announcement, I got to say, you know, we got this gift and we're not supposed to ever know who gave this gift, but I'm going to tell you who gave the gift. And there was silence in the room, like there's silence right now. And I said, here's who gave the gift. God gave the gift. It was just another one of those aha moments. Aha, God shows up and God defines the moment. He defined the moment when we had to rent the art center for $180 a week. He defined the moment when we needed a piece of property to build this building. And it's so easy to take this for granted that we're here. This is amazing. This is aha. God shows up. God defines the moment. And there's so much more that God wants to do with us. And there's so much more that God is about if we'll live in the aha moment of God shows up and the way that he's always worked in our lives. Just like David understood this. Aha, this is how God's worked. And now he's going to work in this way now, in this moment, with this giant. And you know the rest of the story. Aha. Aha moment number two. Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. It also means you will not turn away from. Aha! Ah, moment number two. This is, this is the psalm that David writes in response to his sin with Bathsheba. And he ultimately had her husband killed because he put him on the front line of battle. He tried to, to kind of wiggle his way out of it. It didn't work. So 
he takes Uriah and puts him out there on the front lines and he's killed and so now he's free to take Bathsheba as his wife and, and yet he, the baby dies his heart is broken he knows he's done great wrong and so it'd be good to slowly read Psalm 51 and, and hear the brokenness of a man who realizes he's done wrong and he has to bring his brokenness before God but in that in that story he goes aha aha because he's living in a in a culture where you bring sacrifices to God and he somehow realizes that's all really just symbolic and how much of what we end up doing sometimes is symbolic of what has to happen on the inside. You know, this Friday fast thing is, is a great symbol for all of us doing something together. But what's happening is something is really happening on the inside. Or we're being drawn together. We're being drawn to, to God's heartbeat. And God's putting his holy hands upon us and, and pulling us together. You know, the fast becomes symbolic. It's a tangible moment, but it's so much even bigger. And David has this, aha, aha. You do not delight in sacrifice. That's an external symbol where I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. That's not what it's really all about, God. And I finally figured this out. So my sacrifice is a broken spirit my sacrifice is a broken and contrite heart and I know that you will not turn away from that aha aha I get it and how many times do we try to get God's attention by doing something or or giving something and and yet God is saying I've always just wanted your heart because if I have your heart I have you. If I have your, your joyful heart, I have you. If I have your broken heart, I have you. And we can be in deep, abiding relationship together. And that word abide means to, to do something long and slow together. And that's, that's what God wants from us, to do something long and slow together from each of us and to do something long and slow together from all of us aha now I get it so David has his second aha moment and it it changes him it it deepens him he's broken it matures him then he has aha moment number three first chronicles 29 this is called David's prayer David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as 
head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. This is the David who took down a giant. This is the David who was broken hearted. This is the David who as a king is understanding what it really means to, to worship God and to give to God. So he says, but who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. And so he understands in this aha moment that Yes, reality is expensive. It will always be expensive as they dedicate this great temple that stands there to give honor and glory and praise to God, a place where, where people can, can come. But he has this, aha, we've given all this to build this temple, but it's because you gave it to us. It all came from you. It's all from you. And so we're just giving back to you what you gave to us. Aha. And this ultimately is what Christian stewardship is about. It's about realizing that everything we have comes from him. Stewardship sounds like a theological word. It's actually used in, in society fairly often in lots of applications. You know, it sounds like a word that has to do with church, but it doesn't. It's a, so much bigger this, this idea that understanding, aha, God gave me everything I have. And so when I, when I give back, I'm giving back what God gave me in the first place. And I give it back with just joy and humility and excitement about what God's going to do. Three aha moments that David had to embrace, embrace in his life. He reject passivity to accept responsibility. Everybody was being passive with Goliath. And he rejected passivity and took responsibility to stand up because, aha, he knew what God had done before in his life. He knew that God defines the moment today because he defined the moment in the past. He repents with humility. He embraces repentance with humility. He knows he has nowhere to go but to offer a broken heart to God. And he knows that God never turns away from a broken heart. And then he invests eternally. He invests in things that last forever. There's a great verse in Daniel. Uh, when you say Daniel chapter 12, it, it kind of falls into the realm of, of obscurity for a lot of us because we don't always get to those Old Testament prophets but Daniel 12 3 in the New Living Translation puts it this way those who are wise will shine as bright 
as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. That's a description of people who have this aha moment and they realize that the entirety of their life is an eternal investment because God has given everything. I was with Craig Groeschel the other day. He's written a lot of books and he's the senior pastor of Life Church and it's also the church where they uh, put out the, the Version Bible, which I would highly suggest if you don't have this app that you get this app, even if you get it just for the daily verse that comes, but you can use it to search verses, to find things, to, to do Bible study. It's just amazing. And so it's there on your phone and you'll have you know, 40, 50 different Bible translations on your phone and even in several different languages. Well, it came out of came out of Life Church. But Craig talked about an aha moment. I, I love aha moments. And he, and he actually used the terminology, I had an aha moment. You know, it, you know his, his church was kind of having some ups and downs and, and in-betweens. And he talked about three words and described them. And I don't have time to do that today, but we'll maybe do this another time. He talked about, I figured out I had to, to understand what drive meant, what inspire meant, and what engage meant. And then when he talked about inspire, he said, I want to serve with tens. In other words, look at your life in terms of being a servant of Almighty God the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit at work in you. Look at your life. And, and on a scale of 10, where are you in terms of bringing it, giving your life? And so Craig said, I, I had this aha moment. I want to serve in the church with people who want to be 10s, want to keep moving towards 10. And he said these words, you don't want to play around somebody who's not bought in. You don't want to play around somebody who's not bought in. And that's not a church thing. That's just a thing. You don't want to be in a marriage with somebody who's not bought in. You don't want to be in a business with a business partner who's not bought in. You don't want to play on a team with somebody who's not bought in. You don't want to go into the NCAA tournament with players that aren't bought in. If you're a coach, being bought in and being a 10, we understand what that's like. And that's what it's like when Daniel says, those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. These are the ones who are 10s. These are the ones who are bought in. We must reject passivity to accept responsibility. We must repent with humility when that is appropriate for what we've done. And we must invest eternally. These are the aha moments that change us and that tell the story of how reality is expensive. As a matter of fact, reality is so expensive that Jesus Christ gave his life on a cross. It was that expensive. I'm going to give you a daily prayer challenge because I want you to be a 10 in everything that you do. I want you to have these aha 
moments embedded in your heart today. So here's my daily prayer challenge. Out at the Connection Center, you can pick up one of these. Next week, I'm going to try to have it on a, on a neat little card that is a little more portable. But today, you're going to get it on an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper. And this is what it says. I'm going to challenge you to pray this every single day until we get to Easter. Okay? God, this is a new day. I commit myself to the role you have invited me to play as you are building your church. I am awestruck that you include me in this grand, life-giving, world-transforming endeavor. So I offer you my love, my heart, my talents, my energy, my creativity, my faithfulness, my resources, and my gratitude. I commit all of myself to the role you have assigned me in the building of your church and I will bring it today. I will bring my best. You deserve it. Your church is the hope of the world. Amen. I challenge you to read this every single day until Easter and decide in your heart if today was maybe an aha moment. David had three over the course of his life. Maybe today is an aha moment and God defines this moment for you and you decide, I want to be a 10. That's my aha moment. I want to be a 10. And this prayer, I want to define what being a 10 is going to look like in my life. Your aha moments, they change your life. Reality will always be expensive. I remember an aha moment that happened to me a few years ago where we had gone to Togo, West Africa, a small village, and we had drilled a well by hand. And there were 12 of us in that group when we went. And it was pretty amazing. And we thought, wow, we, we've got this, this well in a village. And, and God showed up, and, and God defined it. And it was like, aha, there it is, because they said we, we weren't going to get water. And that water was there, and it was abundant, and it's still there to this day. And then a year or so later, Pastor Michelle says to me, but we need big water. And, and I was like, what are you even talking about? We came, we did the well, we left you the tools. You could do another well if you, if you want to. We did that, we moved on. We need big water. And one day it hit me, aha, aha, oh. What we did was the same as if I put one water faucet or one water spigot in this building and I said this is great you got water see you later and you all had to go to that one water faucet to get a drink and you all had to go to that one water faucet to clean up a mess and you had to figure out how to make that one water faucet you know bring water to all the bathrooms and 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 after about one Sunday you'd all be going to First Baptist Church in Norfolk because they have a lot of water there, and, and you say, I like churches with water. And so it, it hits me, ah, we gave them one water faucet, and there are hundreds, and then if you expand it, thousands of people here who are still walking way down the road for water. There's a, there's a statistic in National Geographic magazine this month that says there are 2.1 billion people in the world who don't have access to clean water. Right now, 2.1 billion, which quick mathematics 
says to me it's, it's in the vicinity of a third of the population of the world. And we don't have to ever think about it because you can walk out of here and get water any corner of this building you want. But that aha, that aha led us to go back and to do big wata, big water. And so we've got a, a tower. And you get all these big water t-shirts that people are wearing and, and people are celebrating. And, and there's an organization just like Orphan Network now called Togo Network. And we're, we're doing things that are expanding the water because of an aha moment. You see, aha moments change everything. And your aha moment can change everything for you or your family or your business or your church. But you have to let God define the aha moments in your life. Reality will always be expensive. But the aha moments will always show you who you really are and who God really is and how that all fits together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to read scripture today. We thank you for allowing us to apply scripture to our lives today. We thank you for a prayer that we can pray every day. Father, oh, give us these aha moments that change us. Give us these aha moments that write the story of redemption upon our lives and upon the world, Father. We give you our lives again today. We are your servants. In Jesus' name, amen.